What's up everyone? Welcome to my podcast Random Musings with Niladri. Since this is my first episode, I would like to begin by sharing what this podcast is all about. Well, I don't want to add another podcast or a channel on top of millions already existing and add to the information overload. We are exposed to so many things to listen and to see every day every minute and every second of our life and while we are accumulating this great wealth of knowledge and experience every now and then i like to take a step back to think deeply about a subject or a topic through this podcast i would like to share my findings and analysis with all of you i will also share my thoughts opinions and point of view i will try to cover a broad spectrum across society politics economics culture religion family business technology and entertainment i will consider this podcast a success if i can take you on a journey of thinking and understanding which is both fun and enriching i am new to podcasting it goes without saying that i will have a lot of areas to improve as i go along i sincerely request your feedback so that i can be better with each episode so now enough of small talk let's get started with today's episode my topic for today is fake news i'm going to cover this over two episodes in this episode i'm going to share a brief history of fake news in the next one i will talk about why fake news has become such an important thing right now and how we should put things in perspective if i have to ask you to pick a word or a phrase which has risen to prominence in the last 10 to 15 years and about which nobody spoke of maybe 10 years back i'm sure many of you will pick fake news these two words have become mainstream these days they are everywhere they get discussed at length you look at your news feed or your video feed you will either find fake news or news that proves that something else is fake news but this episode is not about proving what is fake news and what is not and how you can identify the veracity of news this episode is about the history of fake news yes fake news has a history for those of you who think that fake news is a 21st century phenomenon i am sorry to disappoint you as fake news goes back centuries while doing my research for this episode i was pleasantly surprised to read about a rather long and illustrious past of fake news the earliest recorded instance of fake news dates back to 1475 yes you heard it right 1475 the foundation of antisemitism or hatred for jews is believed to have originated from fake news on march 23 1475 a 2 year old boy simonino disappeared in the city of trento located in the north of modern italy suspicions were focused on the local jews who numbered about 30 belonging to three families on easter day march 26 1475 a preacher bernardo di faltre gave a series of sermons claiming that the city's jewish community had murdered simonino drained his blood 
and drunk it to celebrate Passover. Incidentally, on that same day, one Jew named Samuel from Nuremberg reported to the authorities that the body of a young child was found in the stream that flowed by his house. Immediately afterwards, Samuel, his wife Brunetta, and all Jewish men in the city were arrested, while rumors about miracles surrounding the body of Simonino, which was displayed in a church, started to spread. Samuel and the other Jews confessed under torture. While in the beginning, Pope Sixtus IV remained skeptical about the trial and the cult devoted to Simonino that quickly developed, he eventually gave in to the local Catholic leaders, declaring the trial regular. Simonino was later beatified by his successor, Sixtus V. For centuries, he was worshipped and considered a patron saint of the city. Only in 1965, almost 500 years after the incident, following years of studies which uncovered the lies and fake news surrounding the case, the Catholic Church officially abolished the cult of Simonino. The studies also emphasized the efficient propaganda machine orchestrated by 15th century local archbishop Johannes Hindebach, who took advantage of the recently invented printing press to spread the lies about Simonino and the Jews. Next, we take a leap to 1835. In this year, through a series of articles, the New York Sun claimed that life on the moon has been discovered and that there is civilization on the moon. After successfully acquiring new subscribers to their newspaper, they admitted that the story had been a hoax. The discoveries were falsely attributed to Sir John Herschel, one of the best-known astronomers of that time. This is infamously known as the moon hoax. Doesn't this sound very similar to the clickbaity fake news of today, which aims to drive engagement like subscription? Now, we move to 1888. There was fake news galore around the famous Jack the Ripper serial killer investigations. This is perhaps the first incidence of fake news where public and the press were equally involved in creation and spread of fake news. Modern day historians argue whether Jack the Ripper even existed. It is true that the murders were committed but what seems like fake news is the connection of all the murders to the same perpetrator, Jack the Ripper. The identity of a single killer behind these murders has long been supported by the Jack the Ripper letters, in which the serial killer boasted to the police of his horrifying feats. In fact, it was in these letters that the name Jack the Ripper first became associated with the killer. However, nearly all the letters believed to have been from the killer have been proven to be fraudulent. The letter that first refers to him as Jack the Ripper, the infamous Dear Boss letter, gained attention for its claim that I shall clip the lady's ears off before the next victim, Eros, had her earlobe severed. Police at the time though concluded that this reference was coincidental and that the letter was a hoax. A second letter, one referred to as a saucy Jackie postcard, 
briefly intrigued the police, was written similarly and continues to intrigue those fascinated by Jack the Ripper murders. In 1931, two reporters from the London Star came forward to say that they created the fraudulent postcard. In both the cases, the stated motive behind these fake news was to generate more sales for the newspapers. Before we enter the 20th century, let's stop at 1895. Did you know that the famous words by Mark Twain, the reports of my death are greatly exaggerated, are actually in response to a fake news? In 1895, Mark Twain reached London on a world-speaking tour, much like the world tours of today's music stars. Fake news started spreading that he is gravely ill and has died. The news came to such a pass that one major American newspaper actually printed his obituary and when Twain was told about this by a reporter, he said the famous words. The fun fact is that there is some confusion about what he actually said. The reports of my death are greatly exaggerated, have been exaggerated or grossly exaggerated. But I will leave the details for perhaps another episode. Do you think that fake news impacting national elections is a recent thing? I am sorry to disappoint you again with a truth about fake news from 1924. Britain's general election of 1924 was rocked by an infamous fake news, the Zinoviev letter, and many believe that this fake news decided the outcome of the election. The Zinoviev letter was a fraudulent document published by the British Daily Mail newspaper just four days before the general election in October. The letter purported to be a directive from Grigory Zinoviev, the head of the Communist International, Comintern, in Moscow to the Communist Party of Great Britain, ordering it to engage in seditious activities. It said the resumption of diplomatic relations by a labor government would hasten the radicalization of the British working class. It was thought in many quarters that this development would have constituted a significant interference in the British politics, and as a result it offended many British voters, turning them against the Labour Party. The letter seemed authentic to some at the time, but historians now agree that it was a complete forgery. Needless to say, the Labour Party lost the elections in a landslide. Now. We enter the grand theatre of fake news, the World Wars. World Wars, especially the Second World War, was like Christmas for fake news. It was rampant in the form of government propaganda, rhetoric and battle tactics. One interesting bit of fake news is considered quite vital in determining the outcome of the war and in shaping the course of world history. This may sound surprising, but it was a fake news which pushed the US into World War II. In 1941, Britain was under Nazi siege and across the Atlantic, President Roosevelt wanted to join the war. But he had a big problem. The American public was not ready for war at all. On the night of October 27, 1941, the President of the United States limbered up to give a speech that could finish his career or it might also change the course of the Second World War. 
Looking dapper that night in a black tie, President Roosevelt arrived in the ballroom of the Mayflower Hotel, Washington DC, where he was to address a room containing a galaxy of senior judges, politicians, businessmen, and military officers. None of the guests in the Mayflower Hotel that night imagined that they were to witness an elaborate act of mass deception. None of them, that is apart from the man due to introduce the president. This was Colonel William Wild Bill Danovan, newly installed as chief of America's leading intelligence as an agency. Another who was in on the secret because he had come up with the idea in the first place was the maverick Canadian inventor and businessman Bill Stephenson, the most senior MI6 officer in the United States. Once Donovan finished his introduction, Roosevelt began to address the nation. After a steady start, the president changed tack. He said, I have in my possession a secret map made in Germany by Hitler's government. Roosevelt announced, It is a map of South America and a part of Central America as Hitler proposes to reorganize it. He went on to describe this extraordinary Nazi map. It showed South America as it would look after a successful German takeover with the continent divided into five colonies ruled from Berlin with the Panama Canal under Nazi control. This map makes clear the Nazi design not only against South America, Roosevelt growled, but against the United States itself. He also went on to say, Your government has in its possession another document made in Germany by Hitler's government. It is a plan to abolish all existing religions, Protestant, Catholic, Mohammedan, Hindu, Buddhist and Jewish alike. As Roosevelt explained, part of this plan involved replacing the words of the Bible with those of Mekamf and for the Christian cross to be superseded by the swastika. It was an explosive speech. Most Americans cared deeply about Christianity. But they were, if anything, even more shocked by the idea of a Nazi plot to colonize and conquer South America. Opinion polls at the time showed that the majority of the Americans would call for war against Germany if there was evidence of a Nazi incursion within South America, a finding that had not been lost on the British intelligence at all. These two Nazi documents were sinister, shocking and disturbing, and completely fake. Both had been cooked up several weeks earlier at the behest of Bill Stephenson, one of the most unusual wartime appointments to Britain's Foreign Intelligence Service. Stephenson had been sent to New York by MI6. Since the summer of 1940, he had run a vast British influence campaign out of a sprawling office deep inside Manhattan's Rockefeller Center. At its peak, his operation employed just under 1,000 staff, making it considerably larger than the alleged Russian influence campaign launched in America some 75 years later in the run-up to the 2016 US presidential election. Among Stephenson's colleagues 
was a British intelligent officer named Ian Fleming, who a decade later used the Rockefeller Center as a location in his first James Bond novel, Casino Royale. Fleming later paid tribute to Stephenson as one of the great secret agents of the last war and described his martinis as the most powerful in America. This is indeed a fascinating story detailing how fake news led to such a pivotal moment in the modern history. Let's end this historical adventure with a piece of sports fake news. We are in 1989 and we have the unfortunate Hillsborough tragedy in England. 96 fans died and more than 700 were injured during the FA Cup semi-final between Liverpool and Nottingham Forest at Hillsborough. This remains the worst sporting disaster in the UK till date. What is fascinating is the role of the famous newspaper, The Sun, in uncovering the cause of the disaster. The newspaper pinned the blame on drunk Liverpool fans. The problem is that it was a false accusation turned into popular belief through repetition. The actual cause of the disaster was overcrowding of fans in a section of the stadium which led to the mayhem resulting in the deaths. The sun became so unpopular in Liverpool that many referred to it as the scum for a long, long time. Now, I will stop the historical journey at the end of 20th century, as fake news in the 21st century is rather well documented. It has become mainstream and is an inseparable feature of news and information in general. The aim of this journey was to understand and appreciate the rich history of fake news. As we discuss in detail George W. Bush and his weapons of mass destruction and Donald Trump and his tweets, let's keep in perspective Roosevelt, fake news journalism by newspapers over the centuries and even the role of church in creating and spreading fake news. I would like to end with an interesting statement. We can't be wrong in saying that fake news started in 1439 when Gutenberg invented the printing press. As news started, so did fake news. This brings us to the end of this episode. In the next episode, we are going to focus on why fake news has become so critical now and what has changed, especially now, which makes us so worried about this century-old issue. Thanks a lot for listening to this episode. Hopefully, it was fun and enriching at the same time. Please subscribe to my podcast and feel free to share suggestions on the topics that you want me to focus on. So, until next time, please take care and stay safe. Thank you.